Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, happy... Monday, although you may be listening to this at some other time, I am happy, joyous, and free. That doesn't mean I didn't make a lot of mistakes today. You know, every single day I go to sleep and I go, what the hell was I thinking? (laughs) Why did I do this? Why did I do that? But uh, why did I say this or that? But when I put my head on that pillow, I have one thing that gives me comfort. I didn't kill today. I didn't kill because I didn't order a beef hamburger or or wings and pretend that they fell from the sky or um, ribs that don't belong to me, that belong to another being who had a mother. Animal rights is the fastest growing movement of our time. And the vegan movement is exploding. And we are so honored today to have with us an extraordinary guest, Justin Goodman of White Coat Waste, a man who has done more to get animals out of laboratories than, you know, almost anybody else. He is in the pantheon. There are many others. I don't want to discount them. Uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals has done extraordinary work, the Non-Human Rights Project, uh, Animal Legal Defense Fund. I could go on and on. I don't want to leave any organizations out. But White Coat Waste has an incredible strategy Justin Goodman, you are in Washington, D.C. I am in L.A. with our mascot, Rico, because everybody loves their dogs. And if you tortured a dog the way they are torturing these animals in laboratories, well, wait a second. They do torture dogs. Tell us about what you've done and the challenges still ahead. I understand you have some major victories, but you've also got some other challenges that you need our help for. Absolutely, Jane, and it really comes back to the point you just made. And first of all, thank you for the kind words. We couldn't accomplish anything without your support. We've been, you know, we're proud and privileged to have come on your show a number of times, and we always see a huge uptick in advocacy on our campaigns after we come on. So thank you for your support and interest in our work. Uh, When you go, you sit down at your plate every, every meal, you get to decide whether you want to support cruelty or not. Unfortunately, if you live in the United States, The federal government is forcing you and I and all the other taxpayers to spend about $15 billion a year on animal testing that we don't want, we don't like, and we don't need. Uh, And White Coat Waste Project exists to snip the purse strings, to stop the funding of these projects before they start, uh, to get Congress on board with what the majority of Americans say they want, which is to end taxpayer-funded animal experimentation, whether it's on dogs, like you mentioned, cats, monkeys, rabbits, or any other, uh, any of the other 100 million animals uh, locked in U.S. labs. Uh, so our job, again, is going to the federal government, spending time on Capitol Hill, and rallying members from the left and the right to unite to fight this problem. Now, you've had some incredible victories with kittens and monkeys. Thank you for speaking up. Speak up. Pretend I'm your hard of hearing grandma. Tell us all about that. So last month, I had the the pleasure and the privilege of going down to Florida uh, to the Jungle Friends Primate Sanctuary, where 26 monkeys, squirrel monkeys, arrived from a Food and Drug Administration laboratory. This was the first time in history 
that the FDA retired primates from its labs. And this was a result of a grassroots campaign launched by Wyco Waste Project in December of 2016. Uh, we discovered that the FDA was addicting baby squirrel monkeys to nicotine, uh, locking them in enclosures where they were forced to press levers for nicotine hits, uh, and then they made them suffer through withdrawal. At the end of this project, these monkeys were going to be killed. Uh, the government spent $5.5 million on this project. Uh, and luckily, we were able to expose it, uh, get Dr. Jane Goodall involved, uh, and uh, Scott Gottlieb, the ad administrator of the FDA, uh, agreed that this <clears throat> didn't deserve taxpayer support, cut the program, and again, we had the happy ending. We went down to Florida with CNN, filmed the monkeys arriving for the first time at Jungle Friends. Uh, and once the weather warms up a little bit, those monkeys are going to be moving outside for the first time. They're going to get to see the grass and the sky and do the things monkeys are meant to do. We're going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio. We're going to stay live on Facebook. Stay with us. And if you want to ask questions, you can call in um, to Voice America Radio, 866-472-5795. Let's take a short break. We're here with Justin Goodman. You and I and all of us together can save animals from torture. Let's hear how we can do it. Stay right there. We're going to remain live on Facebook. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to janeunchainednews at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, Jane Velez Mitchell here. We are with Justin Goodman of White Coat Waste an extraordinary activist who has gotten so many animals out of laboratories. White Coat Waste just got some squirrel monkeys out. They have gone to a sanctuary in Florida. They've had a huge success with kittens that were being tortured. But let's talk about one of your big, big victories, ending the maternal deprivation experiments. And I know you did that uh, a couple of years ago when you were with, I believe, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, but tie it together. The biggest problem we have when it comes to this government-funded animal experimentation is really how secretive it is, Jane. And you pointed out that we do a lot of work with members of Congress. Uh, We work with members of Congress who control the budget for these agencies, and even they don't know the type of projects that taxpayers and Congress are funding when you give the NIH $32 billion. People don't realize that half of that is being spent to tear babies from their moms, to addict baby monkeys to nicotine and cocaine and heroin, uh, any drug you can imagine, monkeys are being addicted right now in laboratories. At the Department of Veterans Affairs, we have dogs who are being given heart attacks by injecting latex into their arteries and forcing them to run on treadmills. Really horrific stuff. So a foundational part of what we do is simply expose what we are being forced to pay for, whether it's through the Freedom of Information Act. You mentioned those maternal deprivation studies. The NIH initially tried to charge us back then $100,000 for videos that as taxpayers we've already paid for. We paid the NIH to do the project. We paid them, we paid the salaries, we paid for the videos to be taken and then they wanted to charge the public another $100,000. So they fight tooth and nail to keep this stuff a secret because they know what we know that for the first time in history in the United States, A majority of Americans oppose animal experimentation. And there's remarkable uh, increases in the last decade amongst people of all political stripes, including Republicans who historically have not uh, been as supportive. Uh, And we've seen a massive change over the last decade where about a little over half of the public, whether they're on the right, left, or in between, opposes this practice. 
Now what we have to do, we've won hearts and minds, Jane. That's done. We've won the hearts and minds. What we need to do now is translate that into concrete victories for animals. And that's why it's so important when we ask people to contact Congress, whether it's going to uh, puppersact.com or kittenact.com or the advocacy, advocacy sites we have set up to, for people to easily contact Congress or calling their members, uh, we have to mobilize. We have to let lawmakers know that we're sick and tired of being forced to pay to torture puppies and kittens and monkeys in government labs. By the way, this is a global issue, and we have people watching from Tanzania right now, from all over the world, and California uh, from coast to coast, from north to south. And California just passed the Cruelty-Free Cosmetics Act, which I was very involved in with Social Compassion and Legislation and Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine. It basically outlaws uh, any product, any beauty product, including shampoos, from being sold in California if they're tested on animals, obviously it's going to be phased in. There is a one loophole for um, governments that require testing, which is China. So um, that was something we fought hard against. But I was right there as uh, the, the big uh, pharmaceutical companies brought in a slew of lobbyists to try to kill this bill. And it would have been killed if we hadn't uh, agreed to one compromise. But it raises the issue of, um, it's a huge step forward, huge step forward, because what, what California does, the rest of the world wants to do. We all know that. But where does China come in? And before we do that, we've got a caller, Julia from Oceanside. What is your question or thought, Julia? Uh, good morning. Uh, my question is this. Uh, I have taught child development for many years, and I am a retired teacher. And so my question is, why are we still doing this, this testing about deprivation? I mean, we all know that uh, a baby animal or a human animal needs their mother. So why are we still doing this testing? That's a great question, and thanks for your call. The truth is, is that it all comes down to money, that these projects are sometimes funded for 30, 40, or 50 years, rubber stamped every year to continue, and people build their careers on it. They publish they buy a nice car, they buy a nice house, and they want that to keep coming. And if no one's asking hard questions, then the projects continue under the radar. And that's why the work we're doing to make sure that these projects are transparent, that we know what we're paying for, that Congress knows what it's funding, um, so that we could be more judicious about, we ha about how the government spends taxpayers' money. Um, but it really comes down to money. That's it. It's a, it's a 15 to $20 billion industry, just government funding alone, never mind the stuff that Jane mentions being done in the private sector. Um, so unfortunately, the almighty dollar rules, and we need to disrupt that system. We need to disrupt that pattern, and that involves working with Congress to start cutting the purse strings, restricting how this money can be spent. For instance, last year, we've been fighting for the last several years experiments on dogs at the Department of Veterans Affairs. The VA is the only federal agency doing what we call maximum pain tests on dogs. And I mentioned them earlier. This is uh, buying beagle puppies, drilling holes in their skulls, severing their spinal cords, uh, injecting latex in their arteries to give them heart attacks. Those experiments have been going on since the 60s, and there actually hasn't been any breakthroughs since back then, um, but have been funded anyway. We were able to work with Democrats and Republicans in Congress and enact legislation for the last two years that's been signed by the president to 
cut the funding and place dramatic restrictions on the use of dogs in government experiments. And what we're seeing is there's been about a 75% decrease in the use of dogs at the VA as a result of our campaign and the restrictions on how the money is being spent. That's the whoa, key Whoa, 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 that's huge. What you just said is absolutely huge because you've said that these experiments on dogs who are just like your dogs at home or a little Rico here, can you imagine forcing him to run till he collapses, injecting him with, he's, by the way, he's asleep. He sleeps through these things. Um, but uh, uh, injecting him with latex, uh, breaking his spinal cord. I read uh, that they were breaking dogs' spinal cords before Christ. When, you know, in medieval, well, obviously before medieval times, but ancient times, they wanted to see what would happen. You know, uh, we're such a cruel species. They're still doing it, and they're forcing us, the taxpayer, when our roads are crumbling, when it rains here and I can't even get across the street because the street's flooded, they're still torturing dogs with our tax dollars. But you say you've done something now to drop it by 75%. My ears just perked up when you said that. Explain. So when we started the campaign in late 2016, um, there were about between 12 and 15 projects at the Department of Veterans Affairs involving causing pain and distress to dogs. And actually, Jane, you were very instrumental in our first victory on that campaign back in uh, mid-2017, which was shutting down the experiments on Dobermans at the Los Angeles VA right there in Brentwood, Beverly Hills. So that was another long-term project. They were breeding Dobermans, uh, just like the dogs people have at home, breeding Dobermans. They have the sleep disorder, narcolepsy, so they suddenly fall asleep. And then they were injecting those dogs with methamphetamines. Again, this was a secretive project being done. Uh, Congressman Ted Liu, who represents that area of Los Angeles, great friend to animals, uh, he didn't even, he's a veteran and didn't even know these experiments were being done. But as soon as you spoke up, uh, Congressman Liu and other members of Congress from the LA area spoke up. And of course, your viewers, the VA almost immediately canceled that project. Uh, and that kind of set the ball in motion uh, to build the momentum we've needed to get these restrictions put in place and slowly, slowly tightening the, uh, the noose around the VA's program, where, again, right now we're looking at a decrease of about 75% in the use of dogs since that campaign started a little over two years ago. Uh, and again, these are bipartisan efforts. Everyone on Capitol Hill agrees that this isn't something we shouldn't be, we sh this is not something we should be wasting taxpayers' money on. It doesn't work. It's outdated, and people oppose it. Uh, and there's very few things where you can get that type of widespread bipartisan support. And we really have to take advantage when we do have those opportunities. Yeah. And the same thing happens here in Sacramento. Republicans and Democrats that can't agree on anything can agree on the fact that they love animals. It's one of the few commonalities. And we need to uh, exercise that muscle. That's um, just a basic human thing that you would think nobody wants to torture animals. But they do, as you say, Justin, to follow the money. So to clarify, you've seen a 75% decrease in dog experimentation at the VA thanks to the White Coat Waste campaign. And please go to whitecoatwaste.org and support them because they do extraordinary work. But now what about the other departments? I mean, we know that all of these agencies, the USDA tortures animals. That was exposed by the New York Times um, and uh what about all these other agencies? What about the National Institutes for Health? 
Right. So we picked the VA to focus on um, for one reason, and that was they were using the most dogs and they were using dogs in the most painful experiments. Again, they were the only agency using dogs in these maximum pain tests. Um, but you're right. The problem is government wide. So one of our other big campaigns, people can read about it at uh, kittenact.com, just like it sounds, kitten like the cat, act like a bill, kittenact.com. Uh, we discovered that for over 50 years, the USDA has been funding a project that involves, they've spent $22 million uh, just since the 80s. They have been funding a project where they breed up to 100 kittens each year. They then, when those kittens are eight weeks old, they force them to eat uh, parasite-infected raw meat. They collect their feces out of their litter box for two weeks simply to, take, to harvest the parasites out of their stool, and then they kill these kittens before they're three months old, even though they're perfectly healthy and adoptable. And again, that has been happening since the 60s. It's been happening inside the USDA since the 80s. It's cost taxpayers $22 million, and 3,000 kittens have been killed just in this single project that is still being funded to the tune of $650,000 a year. Um, what we've done is we've worked with Congress, not only we've uncovered this project, but we've worked with Congress to introduce bipartisan legislation called the Kitten Act. Uh, again, kittenact.com is where you can contact your lawmakers. And this bill would stop this permanently. We actually got some legislation passed last year that urges the USDA to end the project and to adopt the cats out. And now we have this bill that would completely end the project. Wow, how fantastic. Support whitecoatwaste.org. We're talking to Justin Goodman, who is one of the, I would say, in the pantheon of people who have fought animal experimentation successfully. He knows Capitol Hill. He's in Washington, D.C. right now. And, um, uh, you know, obviously when I think about torturing kittens by feeding them tainted raw meat and then killing them, what I think of is, you know what, um, we need to really cut back on feeding our animals so much uh, animal products. We're killing animals to feed animals. Yes, you could say that cats are obligate can carnivores, but there's plenty that you can feed them. Like V-Dog v um, has, I believe, maybe a kitten formula. I know a me, our dog, our cat eats a me. We have a cat roaming around here somewhere. Maybe she'll make an appearance. She's a tuxedo cat. Uh, so she generally comes out after dark. But... Um, she eats AMI, A-M-I, Italian vegan cat food. And uh, so there's a way to reduce the amount of dead animals that you feed a cat, even though they're obligate, reportedly obligate carnivores, it can be reduced. And I urge everybody to think about that. Um, at least put the dry food sec section um, being uh, vegan, which they, uh, they will put all the nutrients in there. So that's just an aside. Let me ask you about this. This is a global battle. So with uh, the Cruelty-Free Cosmetics Act that we just got enacted into law here in California that I hope will sweep the nation, um, you know, the whole issue of China came up. Do you deal with other governments or are you strictly, which, listen, I don't want you to try to do everything and not be able to do, you're very targeted. But is there any kind of intersectionality with other governments? Yeah, so the, again, the United States government is the single largest funder of animal testing in the world. We're Americans, we pay taxes, so that's where our focus is. However, 
there is U.S. federal money that does go to other countries to fund animal experimentation, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, we are funding experiments in other countries. Um, and I don't know if, about China for sure. I'd have to look. Um, but certainly abroad, there is, pro you know, internationally, there's, there's problems that are being caused by the United States. All right. Well, I'd like to go to our caller, Aaron in San Diego. Your question or thought, Aaron, for Justin Goodman. Well, listening to this, well, good morning, Jane and Justin. I'm just appalled that as a U.S. citizen, my tax dollars are going towards this. And I would like to know, as an individual citizen, what I can do to not only share this so other people know, but... To, do I write my state legislation? Do I write federal? What, in your opinion, is the most effective way at getting the word out there? And also, as a citizen, making my voice heard. So the most important thing you can do in terms of letting your elected officials, who you may or may not have voted for, uh, how, letting them know how you feel, is going to our website where you can directly send a note to them. Uh, so for the VA dog testing issue, if you go to puppersact.com, puppers, P-U-P-P-E-R-S, act, A-C-T, dot com, go to puppersact.com where you can write your members of Congress directly and urge them to cut funding for the VA dog testing. Uh, and through there, you'll be enrolled in other campaigns and see some other updates. So in terms of contacting Congress, that's the easiest way to do it. You'll join our mailing list through that, and we'll be able to keep you updated on other ways you can get involved. Once in a while, we'll have a call-in day or a call-in week where we'll be asking people to call the VA or the USDA. Um, so there's a lot of ways to make your voice heard. Of course, as soon as you fill those petitions out, share them on, on social media. Yes, uh, and share, yeah. share this okay. video too. Please share this video oh, too on Facebook. That, that helps a lot. Um, thank you, Aaron, for your call. We have another caller, Shannon from Florida. Your question or thought, Shannon. Wow, well, I was on hold. You actually answered my question. So I was going to ask um, what other things to be more effective and, and how to get more involved. But I guess also um, just to hear these things that are happening to animals is so crazy to me that it's 2019 and they're still happening. So what do you think the most effective way to share this information with friends and families uh, in a way that they know that it's credible? that they understand that it really is happening the extent that it is? A lot of the work we do is focused on um, obviously outward facing campaigns that are covered by the media. So if you went to our website, for instance, you'd see coverage in USA Today, the New York Times, the Washington Post, um, the Washington Times, the Daily Caller, depending on, you know, my dad, for instance, is conservative. I apologize. My dad is conservative and he, um, he reads Drudge Report and he gets news on Drudge Report about the campaigns we're working on. Um, so really depending on the, you know, what, what outlets people you know use, Fox News, um, there's something out there for everyone in terms of reading about our campaigns. If you go to our website and you click the news section, you'll see all kinds of uh, news to share or just ask them or share from our Facebook page or our Twitter account. We have, you know, extensive news clips that we're posting every day there. Um, and again, urge them to contact Congress, go to our website, read about what's going on, and there might be a particular issue uh, that compels them. In terms of what you can do beyond sharing on social media and doing something that's more public, think about writing a letter to the editor to your local paper, just 100 words or 150 words, saying that you're outraged to read what the government is funding and you urge your local Congress member to take action. 
Uh, if you contact us, info at whitecoatwaste.org, we can help you do that. Now, you know, generally corporations see what's on the horizon. For example, uh, The Economist is calling uh, 2019 the year of the vegan. There are we, Every week we profile another mainstream fast food restaurant like Carl's Jr., adding vegan items like the Beyond Meat Burger, which we just did the other, I mean, Del Taco, Costco, uh, The Counter, TGIF Fridays. They seem to be getting the idea that, wow, change is coming. But the government, the National Institutes of Health, which I understand is run, led by somebody who used to be a vivisector. Uh, So obviously he's, uh, you know, you might say pro-vivisection. I want you to clarify that. But... um, why is the government not getting hip to the fact that the millennials coming up find this absolutely abhorrent? Not to say people of all ages don't, but, uh, you know, particularly, it's not cool anymore. I mean, kids go to lush cosmetics because everything says cruelty-free. This is, this is the future, and they don't seem to get it. Why not? Yeah, and, you know, of course, we were proud to be acknowledged this year. We won Lush's prize for generating public awareness about animal testing. We were the only winner from the United States. Um, so, we're, you know, they've been outstanding in terms of being an advocacy partner and a voice on this issue. You know, the perplexing and frustrating thing, Jane, is that the NIH, again, which spends $15 billion a year on animal testing, has a website set up about how wasteful animal testing is and how we need to be investing in better technologies. And they acknowledge that between 90 and 95% of drugs and treatments that work in animals fail in people because they're, they don't work or they're actually dangerous and could harm or kill you. Um, so they've got a whole program dedicated to developing alternatives, but the amount they're spending on that versus animal testing is a drop in the bucket. And again, this comes down to a lack of transparency and accountability about what the government is doing with our money. If Congress knew that probably a hundred or a thousand to one, the government is funding animal testing versus more effective and cost efficient alternatives, uh, they'd want someone's head. So we are really trying to connect the dots for people who have so many issues on their plate. You know, members of Congress are hearing about a thousand things every day from environmental issues to immigration, to the economy. Um, You've got to be loud to be heard up there. Uh, and and to make a change, and that's what we're trying to do. I mean, we have over a million people, a million and a half people who take part in these campaigns to make the noise we need to get the agencies, to get Congress to pay attention. And look at the FDA. I mean, that's a perfect example. Scott Gottlieb, the commissioner of the FDA, heard from us. He heard from Jane Goodall. One of the first trips he took as the commissioner of the FDA was down to this monkey lab he flew there himself personally to see what was going on, didn't like it, shut it down, retired the monkeys, and now is saying that he wants to do more of that. He already announced a plan to reduce and replace dog testing at the FDA. Um, so again, there's a lot of opportunity for agencies to get good media, to make good change, to help animals, to help taxpayers. Um, but we've got to just make sure it becomes a priority for people who have a lot of competing interests. Now, here's something that I find Uh, badly fascinating Uh, with the rise of veganism and the increase in people eating uh, meat alternatives and dairy alternatives skyrocketing. However, the number of animals still being killed globally is continuing to rise. Uh, It's 70 plus billion animals, just land animals, not including fish. And uh, I want to ask you, are we experiencing the same dichotomy when it comes to laboratory animals that 
you know, cruelty-free is the latest, hippest, hottest thing. Every pr product is trying to push that. And uh, there's all these apps that are cruelty cutter apps. And uh, it's the thing. And yet, uh, it seems like people are, everybody's acknowledging that this is bad. Even the FDA chief, uh, uh, even some members of Congress. And yet, are the numbers continuing to rise? Can you address that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's tough in the United States because, as you know, Jane, and some of your viewers might know, 99% uh, of the animals in labs in the U.S. aren't being counted. So mice, rats, birds, and fish who make up the overwhelming majority of animals in labs aren't being counted. So we don't know whether those numbers are going up or down. Uh, with respect to cats and dogs, we know those numbers are coming down. With respect to primates, the number of primates in labs hit uh, what is an all-time high last year. Um, and again, this is because uh, the way these projects are being funded and developed is not actually in line with what science says what, and what Americans want. It's not reflecting our values. It's not reflecting cutting-edge science. It's reflecting institutional inertia. This is what we've always done, and this is what we're going to continue to keep doing until someone stops us. That's where we come in. We've got to stop it. We've got to make sure that those checks don't keep getting written. By the time a university has their grant money, they're going to spend it. They've already, you know, by the time we know about a lot of things that money's already been spent, the animals have already been abused or about to be. So we've got well, to disrupt it before it starts. Um, I want to say this. This is why having the information, for example, on the USDA's website that they took off, um, they just abruptly took off this administration like that. That's why it's so important, and there are lawsuits to get that information because we don't even know what's happening to these animals in some of these laboratories. And the government agencies across the board don't want to give it. Uh, it's not just a problem at the USDA. Um, the Government Accountability did an office, uh, office, did a report earlier this year as a result of one of our campaigns, and about 75% of government agencies say they don't want to tell taxpayers how much money they're spending what types of animals they're using, and what they're doing to those animals. They told the, go the government agencies, told the oversight agency within the federal government that they don't believe they should have to tell people what they're spending their money on. Um, that's a big problem. That's one of, the, one of the nuts we're trying to crack. I will say that in terms of these broader trends you're talking about, we are seeing reductions, at least if we look worldwide, we're seeing dramatic reductions in the private sector. So pharmaceutical companies, chemical companies, obviously cosmetic companies, massive reductions in their use of animals and experiments because it has a very bad return of, on investment. It's very slow. It's very expensive. It's obviously controversial, bad PR, and it doesn't work very well. And if, you're in a, if you have a private business and you have to satisfy your shareholders and you have to make money, then you don't want to do something that's wasting time and it's controversial and wasting animals. The government doesn't have to worry about that. That's the problem. No one asks them. They just, the money goes into a black hole. The universities or government agencies, they get the money, they spend it, and they never have to show anything for it except that they're publishing papers no one reads. And that's where the problem exists is no one's asking hard questions and holding people accountable for how they're spending our money. So let me ask you this. We're going to take a break in three minutes. Address what you do that's different. I mean, look, there are other groups, and I, I work with them all. Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine does a lot and has done a lot to get other aspects of the government to stop, like, the Coast Guard that was shooting animals, you know, as, like, and, and then pretending to sew them up 
when there are human simulators um, and PETA, of course, and Animal Legal Defense Fund that files lawsuits against this and, and on and on and on. But what is it that you do that's unique as whitecoatwaste.org that targets these, these hidden projects? So we believe that you need to use every tool in the toolbox, and I think you probably agree, Jane. So that means, uh, you know, just everything those other groups are doing, focusing on alternatives, doing grassroots protesting, those are all great. But the truth is, is that the amount of money being spent on animal testing is higher than it ever was, and arguably the number of animals in labs is higher than it ever was. So we've been doing an incredible job at winning over hearts and minds, but in terms of concrete policy changes for animals, in labs, we're not seeing that. Um, so we're trying a different approach to tackle the problem, which is we know most people agree with us, how are we gonna affect that change? We're trying to widen the tent, Jane. We're trying to bring in people who are politically more conservative, who also love animals, but don't, who their perspective is, we don't wanna just ban everything. We think that there are other solutions. With government animal testing, there is another solution. It's simply cutting the money. Then. The private sector, private sector, so the pharmaceutical, they can decide if they want to fund these things. I guarantee you they're not going to because they don't want to be putting dogs on treadmills and giving them heart attacks and deal with the PR nightmare or do other stupid things like the government's throwing money down the toilet, like literally putting fish on treadmills to see if they'll walk oh, or putting God. shrimp on treadmills or putting dead turtles on treadmills. These are all things that the government is currently or recently funding. No one is going to pay for that besides the government so we know that if you cut the money, it's going to end this problem, at least reduce it and end it as we know it. So okay, that's our so approach. I have to jump in. Jasna says, are you in touch with Cory Booker? I think he just introduced a bill to reduce primates in lab testing. Yeah, we've, we've worked closely with Cory Booker for many years. We actually, he was one of the winners of our uh, Congressional Waste Warrior Award this for 2018 for his work both on the primate bill and also he helped introduce legislation to end the USDA kitten testing uh, last year. Um, he's a great ally on these issues, uh, obviously one of the true believers in Congress who we, uh, we are optimistic will continue to lead the charge, and he's considering running in 2020, and it wouldn't be bad to have uh, someone talking about animal issues on the campaign trail. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Influencers, by the way, we always want to give a shout out to Tacey Trump, our executive producer, and A-Rod, who's in the control room. Uh, thank you, Voice America, for letting us discuss these subjects, which um, a lot of mainstream media, in fact, most mainstream media completely ignore, unfortunately. So let's take a short break, and then we'll remain live on Facebook, and we'll come back in a second. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Financial freedom and money are subjects that many people are uncomfortable discussing. These don't have to be. Listen for Money, Mindset, and Love with Thomas DeShooter. 
We're all about sharing ideas with tips, amazing guests, and input from you, the listeners. It's time to dream big and help each other reach our goals. Not only will you get closer to financial freedom, but you'll learn more about spirituality, work-life balance, and empowerment. Listen live Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We are live with our mascot, Little Rico here, who reminds us that we all love animals and the amazing Justin Goodman from whitecoatwaste.org. You can get involved in saving animals who are voiceless and helpless, being tortured right now in laboratories in the United States, uh, particularly government laboratories, uh, by going to whitecoatwaste.org and just becoming part of this movement. And um, the more people we have, the bigger the bang when we hit Congress for, hey, stop this idiotic test, stop that idiotic test. Justin Goodman, just give us the 411 again on your two big victories with uh, the kittens and the squirrel monkeys. So thanks, Jane. Again, thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you and everyone else. Thanks, everyone, for your comments and your phone calls. Um, so the big news from last year, well, three big uh, takeaways from last year. We've dramatically reduced the number of dogs and dog experiments being done at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, we shut down projects that involved injecting dogs with methamphetamine and giving them heart attacks. Uh, big victories on the VA, more work to be done. Uh, at the USDA, we uncovered that uh, thousands of kittens have been killed in outdated experiments, and we're close to ending those. Uh, legislation called the Kitten Act has been introduced. Uh, Kitten Does Act. Does it have a chance? So, yes, Jane. So we often, there'll be standalone legislation, like the piece of legislation you worked on in California to end cosmetics testing. And we also work on appropriations language. And that means when Congress is putting together the spending bills to tell the agencies how much money they have each year and how they can spend it. We work to get language in those bills uh, addressing the animal testing issues. So they say, we'll give you your $20 billion, but you can't spend it on this or you have to spend it on this. So we were able to get language in the USDA's bill last year saying, you're going to get your money, but you've got to put together a plan to end these experiments and adopt out all the cats. Uh, at the VA, we did the same thing. We said, the VA, you'll get your money this year. And that's actually true for 2018 and 2019. You'll get your money, but you can't spend it on dog testing unless it meets these very specific criteria. And what we're seeing now is putting those uh, restrictions into place is dramatically reducing the practice. Wow. Okay. We've got Lisa Carl in Thousand Oaks. Your question or thought, Lisa? Hi, Jane. And I want to thank you again for putting on such a great show together with Justin. Great to hear from you today. 
Um, I just wanted to address the people that are concerned. Now, uh, now I'm, I'm an animal rights activist. I agree with absolutely everything that you're doing. And I helped work on the legislation that was recently passed in California. But the, the, but the opposition will say, but, you know, ha- humans come before animals. And if we're looking at our health and we're looking at medical breakthroughs, don't we need these animals? And the answer is, I, I know we don't. But what, what, what is your response, Justin, to this? How do you convince people that still are stuck in the archaic belief that we need to test on animals and that there aren't better alternative non-animal testing methods? Well, yeah, that's an amazing question, Lisa, and thank you for calling in for your support. It's great to hear from you. Um, the truth is, is that no one believes that except the people who do it. <laughs> is, you know, people on the street, uh, people who know nothing about this issue, think that in 2019, they know in 2019, there's a better way to do science than torturing monkeys, cats, and dogs. I mean, they, they carry a, a fully functioning computer essentially in their pocket. So they know there's probably a better way to do medical research than torturing animals. Um, the, the evidence is on our side. Again, the, 90, the, the statistics are from the, the agencies that are funding this stuff, that 90 to 95%, sometimes higher of, uh, of these drugs and medicines are failing because they can't mimic what, they're, what happens in animals and humans. We are different species. You can't even tell how a drug is going to work from one human to another, never mind from a mouse to a monkey to a human being. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it's nonsense. And anyone who tells you it does is abusing their authority, and it's just scaremongering, making people think that if they don't support this, they might be harmed. And the truth is that it's, it's just not the case. Well, let me say this. It, yeah, so we talked about you know, private industry, cosmetics, we talk about government, but what about all these groups, I won't name them, uh, that raise money for the cure that never seems to come down the pike when the cure is, well, possibly changing, uh, preventing the disease from happening in the first place with dietary changes, with lifestyle changes, which they don't really talk about. They just get all this money for a cure that they use in basic research, which is when you hear the word basic research, animal torture animal torture, animal torture. Meanwhile, they're taking their fat salaries home and uh, everybody's marching up around, up and down the parks every weekend thinking they're doing something good when they're just funding um, animal torture. That's right. Again, Jane, this is about money, whether it's the government or, you know, I I know there are some nonprofits out there that raise money uh, for either disease research or specifically for animal experimentation. Uh, and if you read their talking points, they simply don't hold water. Uh, and people are realizing that. There's plenty of chari- health charities that people can donate. Again, this is the difference between federal government and private and the private sector. We are being forced to pay taxes. If you and I don't pay our taxes because we oppose animal experimentation or something else the government is doing, we'll go to jail. Uh, we have a choice, though, when it comes to what charity, what companies we want to support or what charities we want to support. If we want to support something that aligns with our values, we have that choice. So you could, you know, get, donate to a charity that works on alternative animal testing. Um, but with the government, we don't have a choice. And that's why we have to work on the supply side, which is cutting the money at the get-go. Because by the time the checks are cut and the agencies get their budgets, it's simply too late. So we're going to the last segment here. We're, we're just, you know, wrapping up. I, this is the crucial thing. You, you find out about some horror show going on in some basement somewhere uh, run by the government. You get the information with your Freedom of Information Acts. Then you go to Congress. When these Congress people are often 
very influenced by the lobbyists for the industries or for the, in other words, is there a firewall you have to get through? Have you figured out a secret firewall to get around um, all the influence brokers and the power mongers and actually get these members of Congress to, to, to like look at it and go, oh my God, this is horrible. Yeah, I mean, J- Jane, I, I, you know, any good lobbyist is going to do everything they can to make sure that their message is the one that get, that cuts through um, and the one that rules the day. And that's, that's what we spend every single day doing is working with members of Congress, emailing with them, being on Capitol Hill, and having those conversations so that the staffers and the members of Congress themselves are well-versed on the issue, they've heard both sides, and they, they can make a decision. I will tell you that all arguments are not created equally because when we go in to a members of Congress office, we have, you know, again, we have about a million and a half people who actively take action on our campaigns. These offices have received sometimes hundreds, if not thousands of phone calls and emails about an issue. The opposition is not, people are not, (laughs) people aren't enthusiastic. People like you and I, regular people on the street are not enthusiastic about defending animal torture. People are very enthusiastic and, and passionate about stopping it. Um, so we have that to our advantage is that the viewers of Jane Unchained and the other advocates on the street, wherever they are, these people are letting lawmakers know loud and clear that this is something they're sick and tired of paying for. So when I've gone, when I go into an office, they've already heard from people who they care about, their constituents, the voters who make or break an election for them. They've heard from those people already. And those people have made it clear that they don't support these programs. And that makes our jobs easier. So when I tell people to go to pupperzack.com, for instance, that's not just to get them on our mailing list. That's because I'll go into that office later on and those members of Congress will remember they heard from them. And uh, the last thing I want to say is that I see you're making tremendous progress with dogs, with cats, and with squirrel monkeys, but it's extraordinarily disturbing that the number of primates is going up. And I think it's because people don't have, thank God, monkeys in their houses. I mean, unfortunately, some do, but that's a horror show. But um, how do we, this is the same disconnect we have with the vegan movement. People, you know, if you did to a dog or a cat what they do to pigs and cows and chickens routinely, you'd be thrown in jail. How do we get people to care about primate experimentation, monkey experimentation? I know they care about chimpanzees, and I think there's been obviously tremendous progress in eliminating chimpanzee research. Um, but what about those other primates that they've ripped from their mothers in the wild uh, in islands like Mauritius and then stuck them in crates and taken them to Florida and bred them there more and shipped them in trucks to these laboratories? It's torture from beginning to end. I know that they've tried to get, um, and they've had a lot of success, various organizations in getting airlines not to transport these monkeys. I believe that Air France is the holdout and um, – I will not fly Air France for that reason. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But but why is it that the monkey experimentation is going up? Again, I think I just I think this comes down to a lack of transparency and accountability. It's that these government agencies and the universities and colleges they're funding don't have to answer to anybody, or historically they haven't had to. So it's just business as usual. But as soon as people come in and start opening the doors and shining light and showing what's happening. It doesn't matter if we're talking about mice, rats, rabbits, monkeys, cats, dogs. Uh, The people who care about this issue are motivated no matter what. Um, And that's why we're seeing victories. We didn't talk about them, but we've also had 
tremendous progress ending experiments on mice, rats, and rabbits at the Environmental Protection Agency, where they're forcing animals to breathe diesel exhaust for air pollution experiments. People are just as angry about that as they are these other things. Um, so again, I just think this is a matter of taking things that are in the darkest corners uh, of society and bringing them to light and letting people weigh in uh, for or against them. And what we're seeing is overwhelmingly people don't want to pay for these things and they don't support them. Well, what, what just drives me mad is that we have a huge deficit. Every time I turn on my computer, it's another alarm bell about, oh my God, you know, wild, out of control, runaway government spending. Meanwhile, you know, our infrastructure, our bridges and roads are collapsing because um, we're not spending money on those important things, right? Like, shouldn't we be able to have a high-speed train from New York to Washington, D.C.? I mean, my God, it's like we're in the mid-1950s in some respects with our transportation system, and yet they allow these ridiculous billions to be spent on these absurd nonsensical experiments that even a, a one a one sentence description shows they're idiotic you know maternal deprivation experiments on baby monkeys it- Jane, well you yeah i mean you can see where the government's priorities are right now we're in, a, in the midst of a shutdown food and drugs are not even being inspected properly because the fda and the usda have been shut down yet guess who's exempt from a furlough every time there's a government shutdown the animal experimenters. They keep getting their paychecks, they keep going to work, they keep driving their fancy cars home because they've really carved out a niche for themselves. And that's something that's gotta stop. It's it's beyond comprehension. You know, I participate and Jane Unchained goes live every year when Progress for Science marches through UCLA. And um, we have a sizable group. I would like to see more UCLA students involved though. But what we do is the people stop and they look. Sometimes they laugh. You know, cynicism is cool. Um, Oh, ha, 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 people protesting. It's like, you know, science and medicine, the first, first mantra is first do no harm. How did these people in our final 30 seconds get so morally bankrupt and money hungry? They were just socialized to view their careers that way. This is what happens is that it starts young, Jane. I mean, you know this just as well as anyone is you're forced to dissect when you're in high school, you're desensitized to it. Maybe you go to undergrad and you need a a part-time job. They tell you, okay, well, you can come in and feed mice or kill mice on the weekend. You're desensitized to it. Then you want to become a scientist. You've already don't mind killing animals. And then that becomes your career. And it's a well-paid one. There's a lot of prestige. People kiss your ass. You go to conferences, you get applause. And then you want more of that. And it's just kind of this self-perpetuating system that's set up. Uh, Again, the way we feel like you can disrupt it is certainly educating people. I don't think as many people of this generation are going to go into that line of work. It's just not something that they're going to have any interest in doing. It's going to seem outdated and archaic to them. Um, But again, we want to make sure that there isn't money to pay people to do that. And that's White Coat's goal is to cut all the money being spent on animal testing so that people have to do something else. I love it. And I love the fact that you're taking a bipartisan approach in this horribly divided uh, political world that we live in. If people could come together to just say on both sides of the aisle, this is fake science. This is nonsense. This is medieval. Let's end it. Let's save however many billions of dollars. Wouldn't that be a victory for the animals and for people too? 
to find that commonality. Uh, I really hope that everybody supports the work of White Coat Waste, whitecoatwaste.org, whitecoatwaste.org. Justin Goodman, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us here on Jane Unchained. Thank you, Jane. Everyone keep tuning in to Jane Unchained. No better place to go for animal news on the internet. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Bye. Right, bye. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.